What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, October 29th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes, 30, under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Geddes. Let's him host. Greg, I want to take a tangent real quick. I want to take you down a road. I love a good tangent. That, Let's go. That's very exciting. This news was so exciting to me. That I called Kevin Coelho last night at like 9 p.m. to tell wow, him. Wow, you guys totally unrelated to video games has nothing to do oh, with okay. any of this stuff. But I think that it, it'll be interesting to a lot of people in our audience that haven't heard of it yet. Will I be interested? I, I, I yeah, I actually think you might. Ooh, I, think you might. I got an interest in Mary coming down the pipe. Let's hear it. It's a comic book thing. It's a comic book thing. Oh, yeah. So, okay, uh, the Ninja Turtles creators, Eastman yeah. and Laird, yep. created Ninja Turtles. It was awesome. They did their run of, of the books, had a whole bunch of plans. Then it became a cartoon, movies, blah, 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 expanded, blew up. They ended up falling apart. And they haven't it was officially bad. Like, made a whole. It was really uh, bad. What happened? Was it just that they one of them wanted to stay serious? One because it started as like a serious book, I'm, black yeah, and white. And all that I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the cartoon, right? The cartoon came out, and one of them was like, "Fuck, this, this is totally ruining what we made." And the other one was like, "Money, my dude, money." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm all about that money game, you know. The truth's in there somewhere, but uh, essentially, uh, the IDW comic series and Ninja Turtles, which has been fantastic the last like five years or so uh, has been going on and they've kind of dabbled and almost worked together and like done a couple of little things, whatever they are officially doing their first project back together. And it is a storyline that they came up with in the eighties that they wanted to to do. And they just never got to, cause they had their falling out. It is called the last Ronin. It's a five part mini series. And let me give you the pitch on this, Greg. I'm listening. It's the Ninja turtles. Dark Knight returns. So that That's alone, awesome. I'm like, let's so wait, go. Is, is it Ninja Turtle stuff or is it, this is a stupid question. They still own the IP. Like it's, it is Ninja Turtles or I, is it like, oh, we're doing side story stuff. It's Ninja Turtles. And okay. it is in the future where three of the four brothers are dead. Yeah. I bet. The main I character bet. is one of them. He wears a black bandana and has all of the weapons. Are you I fucking think- kidding me? Normally, I jump straight to it's going to be bitchy emo Raph, but I bet instead what it'll be is Michelangelo, and he will no longer be a party dude. Yeah, see, he will be very solemn. That's he will 100%, be very sad. That's what I was thinking because also we didn't we didn't have a Raph. No, we didn't have Mikey in our group, right? We didn't have a Raph. Cool, oh. great was Mikey, Kev. Are I you always serious? mix that up every time. See, and that's right. my thing is like again, what I just jumped to. If you were going to do the Dark Knight Returns of kind of funny, right? It would be mm-hmm. cool, Greg. It would be the one last left standing. And yeah. we took this pure soul and all the hell that went through and destroyed kind of funny. It's on him and it's changed him as a man. So issue one is out, came out a couple of days ago. I just read mm. it last night. Uh, issue two comes out in December, which is way further away than I want because this, the, the issue, ends, issue I'm like, I loved it. it like okay. it's, it's kind of just a, a giant fight scene, which is kind of weird. Huh. Uh, but like it, it gives you it peppers in all the backstory that you kind of need to know to set up the, the world and where we're at. And like sure. all the elements they're adding, I'm like, these motherfuckers understand that they can't fuck this up because it is kind of like the coolest thing imaginable. And it really is. And there's a reveal at the end that I'm like, I am all about this. Is it, so is anyways, it, is quick it in black tangent. and white? Uh, no, but it's in like those muted colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm buying it right now. Comics Hell yeah, you are. Hell yeah. You sold me. I want to see a Dark Knight Ninja Turtles. I want to know what's right? going on. Or Dark Knight right? Ninja Turtles. Let's get into it. You know what I mean? Uh, and speaking of that, let's get into some video game stuff. It looks like Far Cry 6 has been delayed. We have Final Fantasy 16 details. And I got a bunch of crazy quotes from crazy industry leaders because this is kind of funny games daily. 
Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash games. Of course, there you can give us your questions, comments, concerns, and your squad up requests. Uh, however, you can also get the show ad-free on patreon.com slash games. You can get it with the exclusive post show on patreon.com slash games, And you can get it with the exclusive show you can only get on patreon.com slash games. Bless who? No, bless up, right? blessing show mm-hmm. uh if you got no bucks to toss our way though it's no big deal you can watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you have a special job actually you know what you have two special jobs number one today is the job you always have on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games i need you to keep us honest go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up however number two as we got the show started there and everybody was saying hello in the twitch chat gaming matt 122587 declared that he had lost his job today so everyone give gaming matt 122587 love in the chat right now make him feel good you're gonna be fine matt remember ladies and gentlemen you can also get the show later youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe no matter where you get this show thank you for listening please like subscribe and share uh housekeeping for you today the kind of funny podcast is live and it's talking about dangerous water parks oreo vaults and so much more you can get a brand new episode on youtube.com slash kind of funny and of course podcast services around the globe uh beyond that even beyond kind of funny Extra Life is happening next week. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we will be streaming video games to raise money for the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. We, of course, are benefiting UCSF Benioff Hospital here in San Francisco. However, you could go to kindoffunny.com slash extra life right now and sign up to stream games and raise money for a hospital in your area. You can still join Team Kind of Funny, raise money for your local hospital, and, of course, uh, benefit the Kind of Funny name and the rankings and all that jazz. However, if you don't want to stream, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash extra life and donate right there to the team and help us uh, raise money for sick kids around the world. Remember, of course, uh, community streaming will begin Friday, November 6th at 1 p.m. That's when we turn over uh, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, start hosting best friends who are raising money for Team Extra or Kind of Funny Extra Life. And then the big one will be Saturday, November 7th, 10 a.m., Kind of Funny starts its official Extra Life stream. Of course, uh, we will be going for 12 hours this year. Uh, It's a different uh, ball game with COVID and having to work from home and being in your house with your uh, roommates and spouses and significant others and everybody else. But as I pointed out in a Greg way, our plan was to do 12 hours regardless, even before there was a global pandemic, because we think that's the best content. Uh, The... While, fu- while it's always fun to see us fall apart at 4.30 in the morning, it's never fun for us. <laughs> so 10 a.m. <laughs> to 10 p.m. Saturday, November 7th. And I believe when that's over, we kick it back to community hosting. Uh, awesome. Of course, lots of information uh, to get you there. But you can get it all. Kindoffunny.com slash extra life. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, James Davis, a.k.a. at James Davis Makes, Blackjack and Tom Bach. Today we're brought to you by Amazon Alexa, Upstart and Hymns. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. We got six items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. Starting off is breaking news right now. I have not seen an official statement, but it would look as if Far Cry 6 has been delayed. I'm reading from Daniel Ahmad's Twitter, who has been watching this Ubisoft call, you know, talking about everything that's going on with Ubisoft, the financials and stuff like that. Of course, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Far Cry 6 was scheduled to come out February 18th, 2021. Daniel Ahmad has this from the Ubisoft breakdown. 
Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine will now release after April 2021 and before March 2022. He pulls a paragraph from the Ubisoft uh, brouhaha. Benefiting from this strong momentum, and despite having moved Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine to 2021-2022 to leverage their full potential in the cur- in the context of production challenges caused by COVID-19, our new non-IFRS operating income targets for 2020 to 2021 remain within the boundaries we set back in May. Being able to maximize the long-term value of our IPs while at the same time maintaining solid financial targets highlights the increasing reoccurring nature of our revenues, the strength of our portfolio of franchises, uh, confidence in our holiday season release slate, and current supportive industry dynamics so again daniel uh an industry analyst going through all this information from the ubisoft uh financials that have been put out today another breakdown and where the company is and where it's going kind of thing obviously they're putting this in there in a very interesting spot where it's not like a headline they don't want it to be a headline obviously it's going to become one but basically saying that yes benefiting from the strong momentum they already have they're moving far cry 6 and rainbow six quarantine to 2021 2022 and that's the financial year, which is why he's talking about, obviously, when he breaks it down for terms, even Greg Miller can understand uh, the fact that it is just going to be sometime between April 2021 and March 2022. Mm. Tim, does this surprise you at all? Uh, it does, actually. Yeah. I was just having a, a conversation with, I think, Barrett a couple days ago. Barrett! Where I was like, he was like, yeah, I think he was saying, I think Far Cry 6 is going to get delayed. And I was like, I don't know, man. It seems like the type of game that's just that they got on lock. They, Ubisoft knows what they're doing with these things. It's just they just are putting them out because they can and they know how. And Far Cry 6, although we haven't seen anything of it, really, we just saw the, the one kind of teaser trailer. It doesn't seem like it is going to be this expansive change to the Far Cry formula. Sure, yeah. So yeah. with that, like I know that it has the six in the title, but it, it still kind of seems lesser than to me. Like it just seems like taking a, another actor, putting him in a spot and just being like, cool, we're doing this. Like, you know what it reminds me of? And this is jumping franchises, but it reminds me of Ghost Recon, Ghost, whatever it was. Okay, yeah, yeah Breakpoint. Breakpoint. Break break yeah, and that was no, never double Ghost. Never do that. It was but, Ghost Recon Wildlands and Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And this, it was like, hey, cool. It's, you know, it is a sequel and it is this, you know, new experience. And like, we have a big name tied to it, but it still just kind of feels like, all right, cool. It's, it's kind of just more content as opposed to sure. going back to the roots of what Far Cry could be, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I am surprised actually that this is happening. And and really, I look at this and and I, I still wonder why Watch Dogs isn't coming out in that spot before this, before March. But after yeah. December, you know, well, you look at, I mean, uh, Daniel, I'm still going off of uh, the breakdown he has here of all the Ubisoft financial stuff. Excuse me. Sorry, Bert. Uh, he has a screen showing what Q3 and Q4 still look like for Ubisoft. And it's already super interesting, right? October 29th, Watch Dogs. November 10th, Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. No- November 12th, Just Dance 2021. December 3rd, Immortals, Immortals Phoenix Rising. January 21st, Prince of Persia. February 25th, Riders Republic. And so I'm with you of, all right, great, Ubisoft. Yes, give your games a chance to breathe. And so if you don't need Far Cry there, space it out. Obviously, the game probably needs more time as they're referencing COVID and all these different things here. But I'm there with you of like, if I knew that or had seen that coming, I would have moved Watch Dogs ahead. I think Watch Dogs definitely could have used more time in that. And I think Watch Dogs would be way more successful if it was coming out not against Assassin's Creed Valhalla, against new consoles, against Miles Morales, against you name it, Cyberpunk kind of, even though that's not moved. Yeah, devil's advocate proposition here, Greg. Because I'm oh, with you. I, I love I feel devil's like, advocate. Greg I feel Miller. like we're all there. 
right? We're all exactly yeah. with what you just said of like, why is Watch Dogs coming out a week before with some change of Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Like that just simply doesn't make sense when you're looking at video games as a, from any type of financial perspective of gamers' wallets, right? Yeah. Or whether it's wallets, like actually wallets or metaphorical wallets of their minds. I was going to say, yeah, mental bandwidth. How many yeah. games can you play? How many games can you keep going? And how, yeah. So that, that's, it's bizarre, right? We all look at that like, oh, if you put it out in, in February or March, it would do way better. What are you doing? My devil's advocate question is, what do we not know? Why are they doing this? Like, what is the, the answer to why they're putting Watch Dogs out now? Like, is there actually a chance that we're all just wrong and we're just assuming that as a bunch of idiots? But like, oh, yeah. with next gen and with all this stuff, it's like, no, Watch Dogs is actually going to perform better now than it would in March. Is it them looking at it and, and knowing that they don't think Watch Dogs 3 is a a game that can stand alone as its own thing? And they're kind of like trying to not hide it, but just kind of like get the, ride the wave as much as they can with this next gen launch and kind of throw their hands yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, there's that to it. If you're at all interested, right? Like there's, and you want, hey, hey, I want something brand new for PlayStation 5. I want something brand new for Xbox Series X. You start looking at what games are optimized or have that, you know, branding on it. Watch Dogs would be there and that would, I think, benefit it in terms of like, all right, cool. This is a game that I'm in the stores and I want to play something that is brand making new on the brand making console. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to pay off in that way. I don't know if that benefits it because they are kind of funny. Gamescast review, you know, both, Imran, or I should say both, me, Imran, and Andy, I'll talk about it feeling antiquated. So I don't know if that's really where you go. But if you're just looking for sales, yeah, I do. You know, there's been a lot of interesting conversation in the Gamescast uh, comments and then the comments for yesterday's Games Daily as well. When we talked about Watch Dogs 2, we keep saying that, you know, Watch Dogs 2 didn't sell well at launch. And then people keep bringing up the fact that, well, it's cleared 10 million since then. Like, it's it's done fine. That's a great point. We're always talking about the soft launch numbers, and I do think then the fact that Ubisoft drastically cut prices led to the sales that then lead to the idea, and the goodwill, obviously, because Watch Dogs 2 is a great game. I don't know how much Ubisoft believes in Watch Dogs as a franchise. You know what I mean? I'm surprised they did Legion. I really didn't think after the soft launch of Watch Dogs 2, and granted, as we, you've all pointed out, it's, it's sold since then. I didn't know uh, that. That's, I mean, 10 million, that's, that's substantial. You know? Sure, but but it is that question of what were they selling at, and that's all true too. But still, like I, like that is still a number that I I can understand them making a third game in a way that you're right. I wouldn't necessarily think they would have done based on what I knew of the success in quotes of Watch Dogs Two, and that's what like and that's what I've been getting yelled at in the comments. And I looked at it last night. Now I'm googling over here and seeing what I can find because I want to give you an actual article. But what I'm seeing here now, when did this release? This is. May okay, so this is from May 14th. It looks like the people who are yelling at me were wrong and I was right that Watch Dogs is two didn't sell well. Because what I'm get, clicking on here is a Reddit thread that says Watch Dogs one and two sold more than 10 million copies. So okay. are we combining them there and we're saying Watch Dogs as a franchise has sold more than 10 million copies? Hmm. Of course, now I'm look I'm into the fucking nitty-gritty here of what's going on. Here we go. Watch. Oh, I gotta use the f- underscore watch dogs, yeah. Uh, oh no no okay so 11 titles have sold over 10 million co- units in console cycle demonstrating the depth of this and they put both watchdogs and watchdogs 2 there so they are saying that watchdogs 2 has okay. sold more than 10 million copies so that's that's interesting to me now when we're just talking about like let's put a, a time limit on it of launch period of four months right because that's when you're going to get the majority of your sales uh at in the, the biggest chunk of them at one one time right yeah i think that as much as we want to like push the narrative of 
oh, they should have. It's it's too crowded here. I think it's going to sell better here than it would in early 2021. Watch Dogs with Legion? Yeah. I disagree. Because, but just because of the next-gen push, just because yeah. of and, – and especially like, coming out a week you, before, it's weird. We've talked about it so many times, right, of like – when you get to that new year, though, people are hungry for the next thing. I think it's why Resident Evil has found such a sweet spot there, being remakes that you know bring people in and uh, who wouldn't normally or haven't played a Resident Evil, and maybe you wouldn't have any time for that around you know the holiday rush of Black Friday. But when you get to that new year and you want the new thing, it's there. I think if you package Watch Dogs Legion that way, I just personally feel like it's foolhardy to have it go up against assassin's creed valhalla two games you own this is the ea thing right of releasing uh mm-hmm. titanfall 2 right against that uh, uh battlefield right where it's like wait why and then one is clearly getting all the love like assassin's creed looks great and everybody's super stoked for it i'm super stoked for it i was stoked for for watchdogs based on the tech of it but i didn't think it came together story-wise or as an expanded experience that i just didn't think was fun to play like I don't know. I just think that's a weird thing to put out there because I don't, I think that like, as I've said before on multiple shows, right? Like I would say that, you know, we've joked around about it, but I am a Ubisoft fan, right? Like I would say like, what's one of my favorite French or what's one of my favorite uh, types of games, genre of games. I would say Ubisoft open world. Right. And so the fact that you're putting Watch Dogs Legion out, which didn't click for me, but how would you know that right next to Assassin's Creed? I'm just like, why would you do that? Like, I, I feel like there's people that are like me that are like, oh yeah, I love what Ubisoft does with the checklist games and the giant things to explore and go do. I don't know. I'm looking forward to, to Q1 of 2021. Prince of Persia, Riders Republic. It's going to be a, a Tim-ass Ubisoft time, And baby. see, Let's that's go. another one, honestly, that I, I... And again, we're thinking too hard on this, probably. But like, what? how many chances does watchdogs get to become a thing like again sold more than 10 in watchdog 2 sold more than 10 million great but i don't think you walk around and you talk about the best games of all time or even the best ubisoft franchises and people shout out watchdogs i do and i think that if you put it into financial q4 q1 of next year you put it into this january february march slot right maybe you get some juice out of it there but i think it's more telling that riders republic is there as their you know, first opening of the year salvo where it is that Riders Republic is a game that like we looked at, right? And I was like, ah, that doesn't seem like my kind of thing, like this giant uh, MMO or whatever of extreme sports or whatever. However, if it sticks to February 25th and that drops and we're all sitting around not having like a, like right now we're drowning in games. If we're sitting around there and it is that thing of like, man, I want something new. Oh, Tim and Andy are having a lot of fun with this Riders Republic. I'd go give it a shot. Maybe they don't want it competing for mindshare that way when they think Riders Republic could be an ongoing, you know, uh, just constant spigot of, uh, you know, turn the faucet and you're getting money out of it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's it. interesting. I, I think that the beginning of the year is not going to be as empty as your. Oh, implying. I don't think the beginning of the year has been that empty in years. Totally. But I still but- think that, like, that's where you put stuff when you're trying to get a foothold in in, in a way that you wouldn't normally get. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's interesting. I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Watch Dogs four, and like I'm I'm just saying that now. The way there's still so many questions to be answered, but I think it's gonna do all right enough to keep them going. Sure. I mean, and, it's doing, what's the Metacritic? Like you know, Metacritic yesterday was seventy seven for it. Like I, yeah, now it's at a seventy eight. Like it's reviewing well. Like there are people who are having a great time with it, and I think there is an interest to it. I'll be fascinated to see what the sales are what the general populace thinks of it or whatever and i think it is again right now even as we're talking about it i think you know it's something i talked about in the review of for me playing it and not loving it but not hating it like it's not a bad game by any means i would my what i kept joking around was like oh this is fine i'll play it but it's like if 
Assassin's Creed or Miles Morales or an XXY, you know, anything else comes in the front door, I'm going to stop playing this to go play that, right? And I bet there are a lot of gamers that are just like me who feel the exact same way, but they're waiting till November 12th. They're waiting till November 10th. Like they're waiting for these games to get here. So dropping it now with arguably two weeks right in front of it where it can just be the star of the show for a while. Maybe that does work. Maybe that is enough where people are like, yeah, I want to go fuck around in this world and run around, and, you know, hack some drones. The most exciting thing you just said is today is October 29th. So Watch Dogs Legion is out today. And that means the next gen is days away, man. Days yeah. away. Once, you turn, once we turn over to November. Number two in the Roper Report. Uh, we have a bunch of Final Fantasy 16 details. Uh, these are coming from the PlayStation blog. Kevin, I tossed it up uh, in there if you want to open this link and look, uh, look at some of the images as we go. Uh, this is Naoki Yoshida, a Square Enix producer. Hello, everyone. This is Mr. Yoshida, producer of Final Fantasy 16. Uh, everyone here in the development team is currently working together on a massive scale to bring you an all-new game worthy of the Final Fantasy name. Our next major announcement is planned to take place in 2021, but ahead of that, we revealed the Final Fantasy 16 teaser website today. In the teaser website, we've included a lot of new information and artwork to introduce you to the world in which the story takes place, and also some of the main characters of the game. So let me briefly introduce the content on the site. Final Fantasy, 16, Final Fantasy 16's adventure takes place in a land called Valisthea. 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 You're fucking nailing it, dude. Every Valisthea. Valisthea. Uh, which is studded with the colossal mountains of glittering crystal called Mother Crystals. These oh. Mother Crystals have towered over the realms around uh, them for generations, blessing them with ether, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the, this blessing of Mother Crystals has allowed these realms to thrive and their people to live in comfort countless wars have been fought over the mother crystals all around the land uh, leading to the rise of nations such as the grand duchy of rosaria and holy empire of san breck uh the kingdom of wallowed and all right tim well, how much of this do i need to pay attention to what's going uh, I, on in I Final Fantasy I don't 16? let me let me like, tell you a couple of the, the key things so we don't need sure. to read every single word here because a lot of them are really weird what we do need to know is the young knight and the tattooed man in the trailer are one and the same his name okay. is Clive Rosefield. That's what we need to know. His name is Clive. Good name? Clive. Okay. No, not good name. Let's just let's oh, be honest with ourselves. Clive. Clive. Oh man, lightning. Clive Barker. And Cloud and Noctis and Clive. Sweet Clive, though. All right, sweet Clive. Sweet Clive. He's the main protagonist and the firstborn son of some archduke. Cool, great. Uh, then he is a shield who protects his younger brother Joshua, who's a little kid we saw in the trailer, who's the okay. dominant of the Phoenix. Joshua bestowed blessing of the Phoenix upon him, giving Clive the ability to wield a part of the icon's fire. So here's the thing. Final Fantasy lore, Final Fantasy stuff that the, the, the fans understand. Is what we're talking dude. about here is there's summons. The story is going to be based around summons kind of being linked to the different protagonists, which I think is very cool. I always love when they go deeper into the summon lore. Summons, Greg, obviously, you've played Final Fantasy VII Remake. I sure now, have. You're familiar. We have Ifrit. I had the we have guy Ahamid. come in, he smashes on the ground. Exactly. Uh, all the Final Fantasy games kind of handle them differently, and they usually give them different names. Like Final Fantasy X had Aeons. There was there was uh, Espers and uh, other other things, like Avatars or whatever. bunch of different names. It sounds like in this one, they're calling them Icons. E-I-K-O-N. Okay. Cool. Whatever. I like the idea that each of the different kind of uh, settlements has this lore behind it and the like some connection to these summons. All of that's really cool to me. 
the character designs, the characters' names. I I can't help but be a little turned off by it. And I don't know what it is. I've always preferred the more technologically advanced sci-fi looking Final Fantasy characters. Sure, then this like high fantasy kind of thing or like yeah. yeah. And and on top of that, like I, I'm trying to be open to this game because honestly, the trailer wowed me, and I, I'm I am excited for this game. I'm very very excited to to play through it, even though it is a bit more on the high fantasy side than I than I'd like. I'm excited that I feel like this game's a lot closer than we'd expect from Square. I think this is a 2021 game, and that is cool. The battle system looks really awesome and yeah. fun and frenetic and, and action based. Uh, but looking at these characters, it's like I don't like that the, the this female we're seeing just kind of looks anime waifu like generic, and that the protagonist is kind of like it kind of looks like a creator character in a Final Fantasy Damn. MMO. You know what I mean? And of course, we need to hear the character and see what they do and get to know their characters, but like get to know their character more. But looking at this guy and knowing his name's Clive, it's like Clive. this is like the, the least exciting blog post possible for me. Uh, with this- the exception of the, uh, I keep wanting to call him Aeons because Final Fantasy tends to my shit. The summon stuff is really cool. What's Isn't up, Kev? Is this Clive here? This Clive is looks cool there. That's yeah, that's cool. Clive looks, looks cool than that Tim, Tim, I don't Clive. know if you noticed, but his left arm is on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. This this is cool. And if, if yeah. there's a lot of potential for this to be cool. I'm not writing this off. I, uh, also, Tim, you may not have noticed, but on the top left, there's a big bird that's on mm-hmm. fire as well. Wow. That is, yeah. that is, that is Phoenix. On that's the, the Phoenix bottom right, maybe about. a griffin? I'm not positive. It's a unclear. lot of people in chat... A lot of people in chat are saying, "Is Tim talking shit on Final Fantasy 14? To be clear, I am not. I'm I'm trying to say that it's a, well, I mean, it's a it's creative no character, 11, right? It's a creative character of of people <laughs> that don't stirring. know don't know how to design a character, right? Like the, it is like it's not like a well designed character that is like dope as shit, you know? It's mm-hmm. just someone's creative character. So I don't know. Again, I'm I want to be hopeful about this game, and I think that there is a a probable chance it's going to be a really good game. I think with everything, with the team working on it and with the lessons that they've learned with the Final Fantasy franchise, I think that Final Fantasy and Resident Evil are both in the best places they've ever been. So I'm okay. hopeful for uh, this, this coming out in a, in a timely fashion and being a quality experience. Good. I'm excited for you. I will Thank you. pay attention as we get closer and I'll be like, I don't know what's going on in any of these things. And I don't know why I'm in the motherlands for the mother I, crystals. <laughs> I don't like the, the mother crystals reminds me obviously of the mother box. I don't like any. Well, like, just don't call things, things like Dude, that. It, mother box is cool. It's, it's just, it can yeah, no, wait, don't talk shit about mother teleport box. you through stuff, but you can't use it. Yeah, to teleport. Why is it called the mother box? I, and I'm not, I'm not looking for an answer to that question. Because okay. <laughs> the answer to, to be clear, this is the end of the conversation. Why is it called Mother Box? But I don't want to like, answer. Come on. When someone goes and talks to it, they're like, Mother! Open a boom box. Open boom the tube. boom tube! <laughs> yeah, right. And then Granny Goodness comes out and she fucks shit up. And Dark Side shows yeah. up. And he's like, Omega Bean. Come on. Now. That's awesome. <laughs> they go, at, Tim. Snyder Cut. It doesn't Snyder go cut, linear. You know, don't it's worry. not a linear beam. <clears throat> it bends. 
like light. Number three on the Roper Report, we're going to kick off a, uh, two topics here, I think, of, oh no, this is the first of two topics today, of uh, just random quotes pulled from random things and put together. Uh, we have some cyberpunk rumblings from you. This is from an investor call uh, CEO Adam Kaczynski did uh, in light of cyberpunk's delay. Uh, we're going to start at GameSpot, where Steve Watts reports that it looks like PS4 slash PS, or I'm sorry, PS4 slash uh, Xbox One are the reason for the delay. <clears throat> We're joining the investor call, obviously, in progress. This is a quote from Adam. The game is ready for the PC and runs great on the next-gen consoles and could be shipped on the scheduled date on those platforms, Kaczynski said in the investor call. However, even though the game has been certified on the current gens by both Sony and Microsoft, some very final optimization processes for such a massive and complex game require a bit of additional time. We're to Steve now. Uh, from the comments, it sounds as if the game has passed certification on current-gen consoles, but CD Projekt Red isn't satisfied with its performance yet. Uh, he, that being Adam Kaczynski, also noted that the team is effectively working on nine versions of the game. Good Lord. Yeah. So that's your first tidbit there. Yeah, so I would have, some, you, who would have thought that it would have been the current gen version that's holding this back? <laughs> uh, what's interesting about this to me is a couple things. One, that on the console side, at least, we're not going to get the actual next gen versions until next year. So that sucks. Like, I really wish that it was hitting at launch with this game. Uh, it, everyone will live. It's going to be fine. But it is just kind of unfortunate that even with this, it's like, oh, well, the next gen version's working, but it's the next gen version of last gen not the actual next-gen version, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that kind of sucks. But the other question I have is, this is more from the R side of things. I sure. wonder when review codes go out for this game. Sure, yeah. the game got delayed, but if what he's saying is true here, that shouldn't necessarily affect the, the, the review codes that they'd be sending out for PC or PS5 or Series X. And I can see them not wanting to do things too early, but it's also CD Projekt Red, and I can see them wanting to be like, Hey, we got this shit. Go. Yeah, but I think if they're still holding up, like the how many people are going to be reviewing it on current gen hardware? You know what I mean? And not doing like that'd be they want that to be a unified front with a unified release date, and you want to do it, so you have to wait for everybody to be in the place where you think, okay, this is reviewable and this is the experience we want people to have. Interesting. Do you really think that a majority of people are going to be reviewing it on PS4 and Xbox One? Majority is so hard to say because I think, you know, we're talking about, I don't know who's on their press list. I don't know how many copies they're sending out, yada, yada, yada. I do think that a lot of people will be. And I think that, that they want to make sure that they have the correct, they come they come at the, come in at the right way with the right reviews and the, the most correct mm -hmm. uh, version of the game. I think a lot of people will be. Yeah. Hmm. I think, don't get me wrong, there's definitely the, I think CD Projekt Red in general and but even the witcher 3 right was when they really broke down just being a pc phenomenon and so i think that don't get me wrong there are a ton of people who are have the huge pc and have everything they want in and are super ready for cyberpunk i think there's a huge amount of people though that are especially this is especially when you start talking i think about like how big is their press release when you start going to uh smaller sites and more you know uh part-time reviewers and stuff i think you're getting into a place where yeah most of those people are probably reviewing on consoles because i think their console yeah that's interesting i i wonder because I, I feel the opposite with this game where i think that the smaller guys that they'd be going to are pc people that would have dope pcs with cyberpunk with it being the game that it is but yeah i don't know but i mean I, I, you're you're you bring up a good point that totally nullifies everything i'm saying that like they're gonna want a unified experience and it'd be weird to stagger review content Right, and then because then and, you know you don't want one review that's way far ahead in uh, in terms of how far they got to be in the game, and another that's less far ahead. 
trying to make myself yeah. not look ghostly. Um, what if I did this? Uh, no, it's I can't fight this natural light. I'm excited for us to fall back an hour because then the light will balance out better than like it used mm. to, right? We've been mm. we've been doing work from home so long that my light just doesn't work. Yeah, I'll be interested to see uh, when they get out. I do think it'll be earlier. I don't think it's going to take them as long to whip this into shape. I think it was just that, but we'll see. I, I think they'll be pushing patches, obviously, from now until it's actually done and actually in your hands and then well after it being out there uh but yeah when we get review code for it i would imagine sometime early to mid-november now next question i have that sounds silly does it get delayed again i definitely think it's possible i think i think at all i think these delays that happen are with the best intentions i don't think they're just giving you bullshit dates but I could easily see them getting closer to that and being like, it's still not there. And then, yeah, you're you're pushing it into 2021, right? Yeah. And even Co-writing. then, it's, yeah, well, I mean, like, this is, you know, I don't know if it's their op- their magnum opus, but whatever, but like, it's definitely uh, all eyes are on them. And I think they understand that pressure, which puts the, it into such an interesting conversation of, will it live up to the hype? Because mm-hmm. it is that, I think there is so much hype behind it. There are so many expectations behind it. It's been brewing for so long and they've said so much stuff. And so at what point does, are they, they know CD project Red understands the pressure on them. Yeah. CD project under red understands the expectations the fans have. At what point do they feel comfortable putting that out? And then also internally, have they felt like they've been checking every box in terms of this is going to be the game we want it to be. Yeah. I mean, another interesting thing to bring up, and I know that reviewers aren't the end-all be-all to this, but December 10th is not a great time to be putting out a game this big for being able to get content out there because the games industry shuts down two weeks before the end of the year. That's giving a week after launch, essentially, to do content on a game that is probably going to be real substantial. So getting those review copies out early, seeing when the actual embargo is, that... That could be interesting, but crazy times, man. Yeah, you've seen more and more uh, companies start fooling around with December, where it was before, remember, that like it's it still is, obviously, as we are embargoed and redacted on so many things right now as we run up to Black Friday. Usually, in, you know, when I first started in the industry, it was that rush to Black Friday, and honestly, the week before Black Friday, everything had to be done, everything had to be out, so it was, you know, a gajillion games rained on you. And then since... I would say the last few years, you've seen people really start to screw around with December of putting things out in December. Nintendo, obviously, uh, that South Park game this year, you know, Ubisoft's doing it with Phoenix, uh, now Cyberpunk. And Black Guardian. Right. Exploring what you can do in that space. Because again, like reviewers and press and all that shit, yeah, not the end all be all in any stretch of the imagination, but there is that conversation of, well, how much of the free publicity you get of having your wiki on IGN, having this cool Easter egg on GameSpot, all this stuff that happens and gets generated. How much does that benefit? Cause CD Pro- cyberpunk and CD project red probably don't need to worry about that. Right. I think you, you look at like a, somebody like Janet Garcia, right. And I don't know if she's working on the cyberpunk guide, but you look at somebody like a guides writer, right. Somebody who's working on wikis like that. They're probably pulling their hair out as this gets closer and closer to the vacation. Cause then it, be, you know, you know, sadly will become a working vacation. I'm sure for them as they mm-hmm. sit there and make content around it. And even us, right. Like I think we would have had multiple games casts of discussions about this. And with us shutting down, you know, uh, for the end of the December and the holiday, it'll be an interesting thing of how we tackle it and what we do and how that influences conversations. Cause it still will be like, 
hey, Gamescast, you know, here's the review so far of Cyberpunk, or if we've beaten it, which I doubt it. <laughs> game is big. If we're all like, we finished it, here's our review. Yeah. There still is that, you know, coming back a month later and be like, all right, well, we, you Spoiler know, fans are playing more and this is what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The content you generate out of that shall be interesting. Mm-hmm. I would not be blown away if they got if it slipped again especially now that they slipped this time after saying no more delays right being very specific that they weren't delaying it again you could see and then and then because and then to your point too tim of like right now right their whole letter talks about you know very much the xbox one compatibility this you know compatibility you know, backwards and all this jazz like at what point do you say you know what like we've gotten to this window now where we could launch next gen why yeah. don't we just launch them all together and put them out that way yeah we shall see. But believe it or not, I still have one more tidbit here from this uh, a CEO uh, call from CD Projekt Red. This one's PC Gamer Andy Chalk reports on a tone-deaf crunch comment. Uh, in a call to investors following the delay announcement, however, CD Projekt Red co-CEO Adam Kaczynski said crunch at the studio is, quote, not that bad and never was, end quote. Of course, it's a story uh, that has been picked up by the media, and some people have been crunching heavily. But a large part of the team is not crunching at all since they have finished their work, Kaczynski said. It's mostly about Q&A and engineers, programmers, but it's not that heavy. Of course, it will be extended a bit, but we have feedback from the team. They're happy about the three extra weeks, so we don't see any threats regarding crunch. It's not that bad. And it's like, that's like, open uh, your mouth. It's like this whole fucking crunch thing right now is so ridiculous to me where it's not hard to just shut the fuck up. Like, do not say things like this that are going to get you, deservedly so. Bad press. Just bad press. I just pulled through the streets where it's like, come on, man. Yeah, the fact that that it keeps coming up and they keep – I feel like this is such a rake in the front yard. Yeah. like Especially when you know this conversation is going to happen. You know people are going to bring up crunch. You know that you've already gone back on your word of not – of having a humane thing you weren't going to crunch on. Like – there's got to be a better way than this. It's not that bad, and it never and it never was. Like, come on! And like at the same time, um, that this was uh, happening today all over uh, social media. I saw on Reset Era uh, they were brought brought up a thread from a, a designer who had worked on facial animations for The Witcher Three, talking about how much they got paid, and it is not a lot of money. And so it became a thread too. And it's it's there's like that normal thing of just like you can't paint with such a broad brush here you know what i mean like uh, we have feedback from the team they're happy about the three extra weeks like that's when you get in trouble it would be like literally like uh, you know when we do anything at kind of funny and people don't like it and if we were just like well we have feedback from other people they do like it well yes every person's different you can't sit there and paint for the you know what i mean like yeah i can't be like i don't i'm I'm not a fan of pc gaming kind of funny isn't a fan of pc gaming right like i have feedback from kevin he also doesn't like it like no that's not how this works like and i understand that it's a complicated issue i understand that they they believe it has to happen i understand that they're you know working to compensate which might be in the same uh that might be the same compensation that polish laws there's a whole bunch of things the crunch conversation cd project red is a bigger topic that we have addressed several times here this one is just like shut the fuck up like don't what do you why would you say it like this yeah, and I saw somewhere that uh, maybe it was Reset Era this morning that he, uh, he apologized, like he put out an email like apologizing about Is, this. Let me let me hold about on about this statement or about Crunch about this statement. Oh shit, I didn't see that yet. No. Yeah, hold on. Give me a sec. Give me a break of that Kit Kat bar. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. While you do that, I'll bring up some your wrongs. How about that? Mm-hmm. 
see where we've gone wrong so far this show. Um, Frank Furter says Watch Dogs 2 is part of the PlayStation Plus game for June 2020. Would that be a part of the $10 million, the 10 million sold? I don't think so. Oh, he's actually correct himself. It was not a PS Plus. It was uh, not a PS Plus game in June. Then what the fuck are you talking about? Here's, uh, here's, here's the thing, Greg. I, I, I found it, and I, I found it in the most obvious way possible. By going to Jason Schreier's Twitter, okay, the, which is even the quicker Google. If you want to know about Crunch, you go to Jason Schreier's <laughs> Twitter, which is why, Mr. Adam Kaczynski, why would you say things like this? Because Jason is going to report on it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? He's going to blow this up. Like, come on. Uh, okay, so Jason Schreier tweets this morning at 9.51. Uh, here's CD Projekt Red co-CEO Adam Kaczynski talking to investors about Crunch yesterday on the left, which is what we just said, and him apologizing to his employees for those comments today in an email obtained by Bloomberg News on the right. Uh, it says, Dear all, from the bottom of my heart, I would like to apologize to everyone for what I said during Tuesday's investor conference call. I had not wanted to comment on Crunch, yet I still did. I still did it in a demeaning and harmful way. Truth be told, it's only now when the stress connected with the delayed decision and the call itself is lifting that I'm fully realizing the true extent of my words. I have nothing to say in my defense. What I said was not even unfortunate. It was utterly bad. For that, please accept my most sincere and honest apologies. I always was and am still proud of the heart and soul you put into what you, you do every day. Here's humbly, Adam. Uh, P.S. If anyone wants to talk with me directly, I'm in the boardroom on the first floor and on Slack. Good response. At some point, yeah, at some point, like the reality I believe in is hey, people make mistakes. People have emotions and have responses. And sometimes they say things and really, really wish that they hadn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. That doesn't. I, I think he's right about owning it and like saying yeah, I was wrong. Right. But just also just come on, guys. Come on, man. So simple. You know, again, at least there's the right thing too. And I'm sorry I missed that gathering the news story today. The uh, letter from him, I would like to have the, had the full story as we sit here going like, what a fucking stupid thing to say. And then he has a letter saying, what a f- stupid thing to say. Good job, Tim, on grabbing that and getting it in there. But yeah, back to your point, like, I think we all want to believe that, uh, and I mean this as a human being and as a video game player, right? Or just a person that like, oh, the people at the top of these companies, they got it on lock. They know what they're doing. They're blah, blah, blah. And so when you see a statement like this, you're like, oh my God, what a stupid statement. And then you have to remember that, yeah, no, nah, he's a human being and he fucked up and he admits he fucks up. And so like, you know, let's try to figure this out. And so as usual with all of this, you know, there's so many hundreds of people killing themselves for cyberpunk. And even before the crunch, just killing themselves to make this game. Like that can't be lost on the fact that, you know, bad statement here or the fact that they're doing crunch whether it be mandatory or whether it be all this other stuff like it's such a complicated ongoing conversation that i'm sure we'll talk about more and more as we get uh closer and closer to continuing to do the show i guess i don't think crunch is going anywhere i think the fact yeah. that people talk about it is a good thing i think the fact that people acknowledge it isn't it they can be that it is unhealthy is a good thing it's all about like though you know having a, t- a conversation with your team if that's a real thing that they can do and go to the boardroom and tell him what they like or don't like about it mm-hmm. absolutely uh number four on the ripper report we have some demon souls tidbits from you uh for starters we're gonna go to aaron uh yeah aaron uh garst at GameSpot, who's talking about a new camera uh demon souls came out 11 years ago so it's natural that some changes would come to the game one notable adjustment adjustment is the new over-the-shoulder camera that replaces the original behind the back camera players can use this camera or the default back to the or or default back to the original Over-the-shoulder cameras have been standard in third-person action games, but the Souls series has always been different. The camera was centered behind the player in order to increase tension in those games. Demon's Souls' uh, original camera uh, did have its fair share of problems, though. Quote, the camera in the original Demon's Souls got got stuck 
uh, on the collision or went through the wall or all sorts of other things, said SIE Worldwide Studios external development creative director Gavin Moore, who we're going to hear from a few more times here. Uh, quote, and then in a modern game, people don't expect that. So we changed the camera. One of the things that we... D- one of the things that we did do, uh, which is really cool, though, is that we allow you to switch the old camera if you want to. Uh, players were quick to point out that the camera looked strange in the remake's reveal trailer, saying that it looked odd when the in-game character turns corners. One of the main draws of Demon's Souls uh, and other games in the franchise is the atmosphere the game provides. The camera, which let players see what was ahead of them better than a traditional third-person camera, is a big part of that. It's good that players will be able to try both to see what works best for them. Quote, and that is a feature that we always do with our remakes, Moore said. If you don't like what we've done, we've left the old system in there. So if you want to switch uh, to that, then please switch to that. Uh, like, and I said I have a bunch of Demon Souls tidbits here. Basically, it looks like a Demon Souls embargo is up. On top of that, there is a PlayStation blog post up. On top of that, there's a bunch of different articles and interviews and stuff going. Uh, we're going to go to Eurogamer now for visuals. This is Martin Robinson. The PlayStation 5 launch title will offer a performance mode that presets a dynamic 4K and 60 frames per second experience, a cinematic mode that's 4K 30 frames per second, and a bunch of filters that will make the game look like the PS3 original, among other <laughs> options. That's fun. Some changes... Yeah, that's great. Some changes have been made to the game itself, though fans should be assured that the tinkering has been light. Quote, it's really important uh, that we make sure we stay true to the original creator's vision, said Gavin Moore again uh, in a Famitsu playthrough, revealing there are no new maps, but there are some UI and feature improvements. Tim, you dropped the link in here? I did. Kev, can you please uh, bring up this link? Don't play it yet. Uh, it just Can you go to the minute 35? Uh, that's where I want to start. I just want to yep. say this game by far is the thing that has impressed me the most visually uh, of next gen that we've seen. It utterly is unreal how amazing this thing looks. And it's a PS3 remake. So it's like, this isn't even like from the ground up, we're just building this whole thing that, and we're going to make it look super dope. This is a PS3 game that look at what's happening right now. Like, keep going. Uh-huh. I, I want to watch for like 10 more seconds or, or maybe like 15, like where he runs back and starts fighting this boss. Like, it's hard for me to fathom as a gamer, imagining that video games would ever hit this point, that this, this is what a boss fight could look like, where this thing That's is beautiful. like, this is insane. Like, holy hell. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm like just so impressed by it. And it, you know, Blue Point, so talented and have proved themselves time and time again now. But I, I'm excited that we're getting like, this is, a, this is a, a pure PS5 game in the sense that it's next gen, it's not coming on PS4. But even then, it's still it's a launch title and it's a remake of a PS3 game. What are PS5 games gonna look like, man? <laughs> when they can just be oh. from the ground up and nothing uh, on or just do what you want. So cool. So uh, believe it or not, cool. I still have more Demon Souls news for you here from these breaks. Uh, we're gonna go to about what about game difficulty? Now this is from Game Informer. They put up a giant interview with Gavin Moore, like a podcast. It's like twenty five minutes. Uh, however, I got tipped off to it by Trevor Starkey from that nerdy site on Twitter, and then I got the quote from GamingBolt.com that reads like this: "There are no difficulty options in Demon's Souls, uh, and there shouldn't be." Moore said, "I think the original challenge is fair." It's all about learning enemy patterns and learning your environment and then knowing when to move forward in combat with that risk slash reward system, when to attack and when to back off, end quote. As I said, I got called out to this. There's no difficulty options in Demon's Souls and there shouldn't be from Trevor Starkey from that nerdy side on Twitter who followed up with that saying, 
well, basically that quote is such a backwards and disappointing statement from Gavin Moore of Blue Point Games. You will never convince me that an easy mode would make those games worse, so don't even bother. Tim, where do you come down on this difficulty mode conversation that's happened several times with all the Souls games? I, I think it's layered. And I think it's complicated. And I think that accessibility is such an important thing that mm-hmm. all games should strive to be as accessible as possible. But I also just think that there is a reality too that they, that needs to be a great experience. It can't just be a tacked on thing. It can't just be, oh, well, here's an easy mode. It's like, it needs to be thought out. And it's things like Last of Us do such a good job of making sure that the experience is still a 10 out of 10 quality uh time whereas like with demon souls i don't i don't know i mean i'm not a developer i haven't i also haven't played this game all i know is the lore and how difficult it is i do think that there is room for for some games to be purely a challenge and purely what they are are setting out to be having said that i I feel like if you're doing that you're limiting the people that want to and can play your game so that is a trade-off so i don't know i know that's probably not a popular take on that no i mean like i think it's a complicated issue that i think is more wrapped up and nuanced than in the past we would have been led to believe whereas i would have told you before yeah the challenge the difficulty modes were about what challenge you wanted. But I think it does break down as we've seen, right? As we talked to like Steve for Able Gamers, right? Or uh, (laughs) Blind Gamer Steve. Uh, There's these conversations about, hey, like it's about accessibility. I think accessibility is such a better terminology for it than difficulty. I think difficulty does imply like, oh, I just don't, I want to be, I just want an easier experience. Oh, I just want to fly through this. Oh, da da. Which is all true and fair and uh, and honest and you know uh, feeling to have. But I think it more comes down to accessibility and making your games accessible, right? And for that, I think uh, for me personally, you know, I don't make games and I play them and enjoy them quite a bit, right? Uh, I would turn it to Corey Barlock from Sony Santa Monica, of course, a guy who made God of War, right? And who wrote on Twitter in April uh, 2019, accessibility has never and will never be compromised to my vision. To me, accessibility does not exist in in contradistinction to anyone's creative vision, but rather it is an essential aspect of any experience you wish to be enjoyed by the greatest number of humans as possible. Uh, Again, that's Corey's opinion. You can be, first off, it's this weird one for uh, Gavin here, right? And talking about Bluepoint of, well, they're remaking a game and trying, as they said earlier, to stay true to the original vision, right? But he also has this quote from, uh, the GameSpot article, quote, and that is a feature that we always do with our remakes. If you don't like what we've done, we've left the old system in there. So if you want to switch to that, then please switch to that. It seems like that would apply that, yeah, okay, fine. Why not put some accessibility in there? And again, not difficulty. You don't have to say that difficulty. You can say accessibility and you can do like uh, Jedi Fallen Order and have it go in there and be like, let's talk about how big a parry window should be. Let's talk about how aggressive something should be. Like, I don't, I personally fall into the camp of, I don't make games and I have no idea how hard it is to make games. I have an idea. I I talk about how it's difficult, but so I'm not going to sit there and say every game should do this. Every game should do that. Blah, blah, blah. Obviously what's good for one game. Isn't good for another. Isn't good for another. I do think there's a compromise here. I do think there's a middle ground here. I do think that there is an easy win here for, if not blue point PlayStation or whoever the soul series of listen, we've heard you. We've heard you. You want these kind of options. 
there's a way for us to do that. And if you want to play it that way, you play it that way and you don't get a trophy or an achievement. And that would be the thing. Like I, it's such a weird gatekeeping thing, I guess, to me that this always comes down to. I mean, an interesting thing is like, it's kind of on us for equating difficulty and accessibility. They're not saying there's no accessibility options. They're saying there's only one difficulty option, right? True. So it's like, we'll see. And like, cause what you're talking about, about them adding the other modes and the cameras and stuff, like those are options. So we'll see what the options end up being in the, the final release. I don't expect them to be, you know, to the levels of what Naughty Dog did, but of course, you know, it's just, it's, it's complicated. And I think that it's an important thing to talk about. I think that it's an important thing to, uh, attempt to apply to every single game i just think that the realities are there's certain games that that the the, what the core of the game actually is goes away like once you make uh too many changes that that aren't that that aren't designed to be that way that's the thing is like if there is a design around it then it works when you watch a movie in a different language if there aren't subtitles the accessibility of that movie is limited right they're just yeah. like that's just a pure thing. If you don't speak the language, you don't really know what's going on. But I can understand a director being like, I don't want subtitles because I don't want people to uh be distracted from the visuals. But it's like there's still people that are gonna want want to watch that movie and want to have that experience. So someone's gonna do the work to subtitle it. It might not be official, but someone will do that to make it accessible to other people. But that is work, that is a design choice, that is something that has to be done. How do you apply that to game design when the whole conceit of the game is that it is challenging and difficult and you need to get better as you go and learn these deep systems to uh, keep progressing well, it's not would, as simple as you, oh sorry. a fan can just do it themselves sure you know i would ask i would ask you especially as a fan because you this is not me throwing it back at your face you know better than me what's the difference for what you just said with celeste because celeste you can go to and turn all that stuff on right and i guess the argument would be that the systems in celeste aren't as deep maybe as demon souls totally. or whatever they're just not Right. And again, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not speaking out of my ass on this way. I know what this, the, the game is. I'm saying, and I'm not saying that like this game shouldn't have it, but I'm saying like it, it isn't as easy as just like, oh, there's an easy mode that like makes it accessible to people. Like that's not sure. what accessibility I agree is. that that's 100% correct as well. That, that, that it, it, it isn't. And that's what I'm talking about of like, this isn't, it, even though it sounds like an easy conversation or an easy fix, it isn't. Right. We're talking about fundamentally changing a game and how do you, do that and so it isn't just yeah the enemies aren't as hard like that's not what it is that's not the fix to make demon souls more accessible yeah we'll see so. too we are talking about a game that we haven't played obviously i am excited to try this out when it gets here uh i don't know it will stick it probably won't stick no souls games ever stuck for me but still excited to try it out and there's still more information about it coming out today. Jeremy Winslow, GameSpot reports you can store characters. In an interview with GameSpot, more explained that while the feature is now, no, I'm sorry, not the standard uh, way players respect their characters, i.e. resetting the stats to place upgrade points in different skill trees at any point during the game, players can change their character after paying a certain amount of souls. Quote, what we have done is we've updated the character creator and we've given thousands upon thousands of new permutations where you can create and you can play more, said. And then once you've chosen a character, what you can do is after you've paid a number of souls for it in the Nexus, you can actually kind of store your character and then go in and change your character in the Nexus. So that's the quick interpretation of it, I guess. So there you go. Character loadouts, I guess. <laughs> for team. Cool. Are you going to play? Are you going to try? What's your I, honestly? I want to I want to give it a shot. There's no way it sticks uh from everything i've heard about Demon Souls in comparison to the other Souls games and Sekiro and Bloodborne and stuff. I I prefer the faster paced stuff, and it, it seems like this is not that. Yeah, but 
This again, this looks like a next gen showcase title. I I'm not a uh sim racer guy, but I still tried out Gran Turismo 3 on PlayStation 2 because it was the showcase title. So okay. Uh, believe it or not, as I said, we are in the run-up to Next Gen and Black Friday, which means there's still more news to do. But before we get to it, let me tell you about our sponsors. Today, Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Amazon Alexa. I'm always looking for ways to make my life easier. We're all juggling too much. So the ability to offload even the smallest tasks can make a huge difference. One convenience that I can't believe I'm still living without is smart light bulbs att- attached to Alexa. You know it because I pointed it out yesterday. Right over there. My Alexa. I got a dot in the bathroom. I got dots all over this house because I love yelling at Alexa. But of course, you can now take Alexa and pair it with smart lighting in your house. Kind of Funny loves Amazon Alexa and their smart lighting. Uh, Blessing has been using Alexa and smart lights since his move, and it was easy to set up, easy to use, and makes his life way easier. With an Amazon smart lighting bundle, you can turn your home into a smart home in just minutes. Setup is easy, and you don't need any extra equipment. Just connect your new smart bulb to the Echo Dot, and you're all set. Set every possible mood with over 16 million light colors to choose from. Or control the lights in your home with the sound of your voice. Just say, Alexa, turn on the lights. Uh, Yesterday, when I did this ad read, for the first time, I pointed out Lucy James does this because I hear her talk to her Alexa and turn on the lights all the time. You can also set lighting routines to gently wake you up in the morning, help you wind down at night or completely turn off at a certain time. Right now, you can get 20% off your Alexa Smart Lighting Bundle only at Amazon.com slash KF Games. Every bundle includes an Echo Dot Smart Speaker and a Sing LED Color Changing Light Bulb. That's 20% off at Amazon.com slash KF Games. But hurry, this offer ends October 31st. Amazon.com slash KF Games. Up next is Upstart. During these economically turbulent times, everyone is looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So if you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high-interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now is the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be and help pay off high-interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't need a degree or a diploma to apply, though. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed-rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with the application. The best part? If the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate takes only a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. Don't be like Greg Miller when he moved to San Francisco. Do this rather than taking out a loan that will really, really hurt you. And our final sponsor today is Hims. Forhims.com is all about men's wellness. We all know the story. Andy and Nick wanted to maintain their own wellness, so they looked at Hims to help keep their hair full and healthy. We can confirm they've been loving it ever since. Uh, through Hims, you can also get prescription medication that treats erectile dysfunction. Real science, real solutions. This could cost hundreds of bucks if you went to a regular doctor or a pharmacy. Not with Hims. Hims makes it simple and affordable. There's no embarrassing conversations, no expensive appointments. Just answer a few questions online in your medical history, and a provider will confidentially review. 
If approved, your medication is shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging, and shipping is free. No more searching online for answers to questions about erectile dysfunction or sexual wellness. Just go to your Hims account and ask a medical professional you can trust. Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash funny games uh, for your free visit. That's forhims.com slash funny games, F O R H I M S dot com slash funny games. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and will require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See the website for full details and safety information. Remember, that's 4hims.com slash funny games. Back to the Roper Report. Uh, number five, let's talk about quotes, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Uh, we're going to start with Jim Ryan, uh, who is getting quoted in an interview from GamesIndustry.biz, where Christopher Dring was talking. Uh, they talk about a whole bunch of stuff. It's a lot of the normal corporate speak, but there's two things I thought were interesting from it. Uh, Ryan says the expanding demographics and stickiness of the PlayStation experience is one way in which it'll bring more customers. But there are other opportunities. Quote, a lot of the work that we've done with female protagonists in gaming, we definitely see that resonating and resulting in increased presence of the female demographic within the PlayStation community, he says. And then there's obviously geography. The PlayStation 4 generation saw us make huge strides in Germany and the Middle East, and I think there is further progress to be made in both those areas. But equally, I think Asia, outside of Japan, has huge potential for us. And Latin America has huge potential for us. Again, I thought this was interesting. I was pulling a bunch of different quotes for other things. I like the call out of female protagonists. I like that that is a, hey, we're doing this on purpose. And hey, we're seeing results for it. So yep. you can totally. get the, if you're a part of the get woke, go broke crew, fuck off. <laughs> Diversity is a great thing. Uh, however, there's one, there was this one in here too. But PS4 will remain an important platform for a while yet. There are over 100 million customers on that device, and recent hits like The Last of Us Part II show how engaged that audience remains. In fact, with the coronavirus pandemic, the PlayStation 4 install base is as engaged as it's ever been. It's no wonder that Sony is planning to make several of its upcoming titles across both PlayStation 4 and are playable across PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Quote, obviously our eyes and our horizons have lifted with regards uh -huh. to... You like that? Uh -huh. <laughs> Uh, regards to what's possible with the PlayStation 4 community based on what we've observed over the last six months, Ryan says, referring to an increase in players as a result of COVID-19 lockdowns. That can be quite powerful because in 2021, 2022, that PS4 community that we've spoken about, they will be, va they will be the vast majority of people on PlayStations during that time. It is crucial that we keep them engaged and happy. And the last six months have demonstrated that we could do that to an extent that we didn't think possible when we were setting our minds pre-COVID. Tim, are you shocked that they are committing to taking care of this PlayStation 4 fan base? Uh, no, there's a lot of them. So that makes sense, right? You don't want to you don't want to let them go. But a I lot feel of money like, in those hills, a lot of gold in those hills. Yeah, totally. And I, I feel like taking care of them, like the, they bring up the word stickiness, right? Like they're, yeah. they're trying to make the PlayStation ecosystem the the one that you want to be a part of. Like whether if you're if you're there, they want you to stay there, and if you're not there, they want you to come on in. The water's warm. It's nice. Let's go, right? And I can imagine that we keep talking about Xbox, kind of. Being the, like, we don't care where you play as long as you're playing. And I think with PlayStation, it's a, a bit more like, hey, we just want you to play our games. And there aren't too many places you can play those games. But for the time being, it's clear the PlayStation 4 is going to be one of those places in addition to the PlayStation 5. With rare exception, the next year of titles, you're not missing out on much if you don't have a PS5, but you do have a PS4, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, 
again, the PlayStation ecosystem level of this, right? And again, how I think of my PlayStation 5 now, right over there, of like, it isn't this huge departure from what we've been doing, right? It is this evolution of what the PlayStation 4 has been doing. You know, obviously, we're doing a lot of stuff right now for reviews and redacted things, but beyond that beyond it is still like oh there's this new indie coming out right okay cardo's out all right i redeem the code and it's working on this thing because that's just how it is this is like what the ecosystem is you're redeeming codes and having all your games from the previous library which obviously xbox has had with 360 and stuff like that but to what we're talking about here of like i don't look at it as Horizon's going to be held back by being on PlayStation 4. I think the PlayStation 4 version will be not as great as PlayStation 5 version, and I'm saying that out my ass. I have not had the luxury of seeing uh, Miles Morales next on a PlayStation 5 next to a PlayStation 4 and having any idea if there's a difference or what the load times are or anything like that, right? But just, you know, common sense would tell me that I think the best experience for those games will be on the PlayStation 5, but I'm happy that, yeah, these 100 million plus playstation 4 users get it let alone the people who entered into the playstation 4 ecosystem here at the tail end of it Mm -hmm. let's talk about another ecosystem in xbox uh again games industry up is bringing the interview hits today uh james bachelor talked to todd howard uh they have a whole bunch of different stuff in there we're going to join obviously uh, uh midway through uh this perhaps explains what howard means when he tells us bethesda is quote giving up very little adding microsoft is very creator driven we're still going to be who we we're still going to get to be who we are we're a subsidiary subsidiary but we're still running our games and pushing everything the way we want that we pushing everything the way that we have Quote, we felt very strongly about their view of access, games for everybody that we can bring to anybody regardless of where they are, what devices they're playing on. We're very, very passionate about that. And at the end of the day, we're convinced we'll make better products and get them to more people easily by being part of the of Xbox as opposed to just being a third party, end quote. Despite the many entry points to the Xbox ecosystem, there are still concerns that the future of Bethesda titles will be restricted to those channels and Microsoft or, to the channels Microsoft controls. Xbox boss Phil Spencer said the last time that Bethesda's games continuing to be multi-format will be judged, quote, on a case-by-case basis. And Howard reiterates that. Uh, the details of the deal are still being finalized. When it comes to such releases, he says, quote, we haven't gone through all that, to be honest, end quote. We do view it and always have by ourselves as a ca- on a case-by-case basis, he says. We'll do that as part of Microsoft as well. We've been pretty open on other platforms and not just within Xbox. This is an outside perspective, but if you go back 10 years at Microsoft, you wouldn't expect them to have a full office suite on an iPhone either. I can't really project where things will be except to say we've done those sort of exercises ourselves as an independent. If you look at every Elder Scrolls game, there has always been some exclusivity on Xbox or with Microsoft. We've partnered with every game. Uh, Morrowind, Morrowind was basically a console exclusive. Oblivion was a long-timed exclusive. Skyrim's DLC was exclusive for a long period of time. We've, we'll decide what makes the best sense for our audience when the time comes, and I can't really project today what that looks like, end quote. Ultimately, it's hard to imagine that despite the power Microsoft now has over Bethesda, it could restrict the Elder Scrolls 6, for example, to its own platforms, especially given the running joke that its forebearer, Skyrim, is available on every uh, every device imaginable, including Alexa. Quote, I would agree that it is hard to imagine Howard smiles, but offers uh, no more on the matter. So these are all breadcrumbs that I yesterday yesterday people wanted me to include some Phil Spencer stuff that you had talked about as a required reading and another like there's a whole bunch of different stuff going on and 
it's still just all talk. We won't know what any of it means. This is annoying as fuck. Yeah. I, I really like this. This whole thing really sucks. And I get where Todd Howard's at. Like there's a lot of words there that are just talking in circles and not saying much. And it is just the corporate buyout speak of, oh, we're really stoked about this. I do believe it. Microsoft has a shit ton of money. And they're going to be putting money into these things. They care about Xbox. They've made that extremely clear over the last couple of years. And the fact that Bethesda was bought for as much as it is and the financials came out a couple of days ago that showed like Microsoft has billions and billions left to just play around with. They're going to be fine. This is going to be a good thing for gamers. But him uh, doing the, the where's the quote here, we'll decide what makes the best sense for our audience when the time comes. And I can't really project today what that looks like. That is the truth. That is where he's at. Like, that is what this is. I think that it is too early to talk about those games and, and know exactly where they're going because they were just acquired and and all this. The Phil Spencer thing, bringing up legalities of what can and can't be said. I, like, I, you're being cagey in a way that, like, you could just not say things. Like, if you're not ready to say something, don't say anything. And when people are asking you questions, come up with some better cookie-cutter line that you give to say no comment because you're giving comments right now and the comments are very unclear and allowing for a lot of speculation and a lot of arguments that are dividing people more than they are getting people committed to being excited about your games. At the end of the day, none of this really fucking matters. It's a bunch of Twitter conversations, but I'm looking at it and I'm just like, God, like either these games are going to be exclusive to Xbox or they're not. But none of this is evidence one way or another at this point. For me, 100%, that I, yeah. I truly believe in. I'm All still 50-50, com- and that sucks. The Phil Spencer interview was very clear of like, you know, like we haven't had those conversations because we're still, we still haven't bought them. We're, we've announced our intent to buy them, but it would be illegal for us to go have those conversations with them right now, so we can't. So all of this is just making podcast material for us, which I'm never against. But <laughs> it is that idea of like, we'll see. I could see it going either way, obviously. And I, I, I don't know. Well, that's another conversation. Let's clear. Let's get this bad taste out of our mouth. Final story on the Roper Report. Kevin, click that first link. Mark Wahlberg. That's right. One of the Wahlberg brothers, which there are a lot of, uh, has posted Mm -hmm. this uh, little tweet here, right? Saying, guess what, everybody? He's been working on the thing. Here we go, kid. Tags the Uncharted movie and Naughty Dog. And then, Kevin, you can actually scroll down if you want. I give you a second tweet, but if you scroll down, at least on mine, the second response there is, no, yours is a little bit different. But if you cl- give the second link I click on, the shirt he put up a photo of, there it is, is basically the shirt that this uh, that we remember from Uncharted, uh, the video game series there, as like when we did the flashback to young Drake running around with uh, young Sully, which is nice. And then, of course, there's one more link I put in there, which is that the film has officially wrapped. Wow. So the Uncharted movie... Nobody stops this train. It's actually it's happening. Insane. When, I, when will I can't see believe it? it. Will have it be, you, are we going to have to go to a theater to see this? I don't know. Have, we'll you have, guys seen, see. have you guys seen this image? Yeah, I've seen that a couple days earlier. It's not bad. Mark Wahlberg with a mustache. You know what I mean? No. No. It gets me where I need to go. Okay, well, as long as it gets you where you need to go. Absolutely. Tim, what are your hype levels for the Uncharted movie? It's... I. It's, I talked about this a couple days ago when we saw Tom Holland. It's like, I have no faith it's going to be good, but that's a good place for me to be because yeah. it might yeah. surprise me. Like, I, I feel like there's enough elements about this that I'm here for, but then there's a lot of weird shit that I'm like, I don't really need this type of prequel thing. Like, I want to see the characters that I'm interested in, not this other stuff, but it is a separate experience from the games. Do we need a movie based on these games? No, but... It could be fun. I like Tom Holland. Mark Wahlberg makes me laugh. Put those things together. 
have him say some stupid one-liners and maybe I'll have a good time. But like you laugh at him, right? Mm-hmm. You're not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's entertaining. No, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I love laughing at people. Tim, I'm excited to see if this Uncharted movie is any good, but it's still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grab shops. Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah! Out today, Grim Fandango Remastered on Xbox One. Full Throttle Remastered on Xbox One. Wang Young Sword... 7 on PC, Pacer, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, Watch Dogs, Legion, PS4, Xbox One, and PC, uh, Crimson, uh, Clover, World Explosion, Switch, Yuppie Psycho, Switch, Day of the Tentacle Remastered, Xbox One, uh, Barbar- Bar- oh, Barbarian, but Bear is spelled like a bear, Switch, uh, Diabatanini on Switch, uh, Wallachia, Reign of Dracula on Switch, Red Guys, Rope, don't fall behind. Come on, don't do this. Don't do this. Think about your game. If you want it to succeed, don't call it these You're things. You're telling me you think nobody's going to go look for Wallachia, Reign of Dracula on Switch? That, that at least might be a place somewhere that people that are interested in vampires are like stoked ooh, about ooh, this uh, edition. Uh, ting, tang, Walla Wallachia. See, that's what, he, that's what they're doing. Red Rope, don't fall behind on Switch. De- Diamond Girl in Earnest Education and Love on Switch. Hashtag Halloween Super Puzzles Dream on Switch. Super Puzzle Pack on Switch. Detective Puzz on Switch. <laughs> uh, Tram Sim on PC. Teardown on PC. Stirring Abyss on PC. Get ready to discover the mystery and danger of Paramo with PUBG Update 9.1 now available on console and Stadia Live servers. Uh, it's Halloween week in GTA Online with reports of a crashed UFO and extraterrestrial gear taken to Fort Zancudo by Merriweather agents for highly classified testing alongside an abundance of double rewards, clothing unlocks, new and returning discounts, and more for players this week. Um, Return is on PlayStation 4 today. Uh, Open world zombie apocalypse game Days Gone just received a new update, and it's a chunky one that improves the overall stability and addresses several issues that caused uh, the Sony Ben developed title to crash. Years later, uh, measuring it at a whopping 25 gigabytes, the update brings Days Gone up to version 1.70. That's from GameSpot, by the way. I should have given credit. My apologies. New dates for you. Uh, Taiko no Tatsujin. Uh, Rhythmic Adventure Pack is coming to Switch uh, December 3rd. The Peckish Rises, an original culinary adventure exclusively as part of Overcooked All-You-Can-Eat Edition, uh, is ready to serve on PlayStation 5's launch day, November 12th, and Xbox Series X later this year. Uh, Soldner X2, the final prototype, definitive edition on PS4, comes November 4th. Shoot 1UP DX is coming to Xbox One December 4th. And WoW Shadowlands is dropping November 23rd. I just want to make it clear. I want to make it real clear to you, Greg, that the game that I was like, no, don't call games that. It was the game that's called D-E colon colon Y-A-B-A-T-A-N-I-E-N. Again, maybe, but if you're a fan of the D-E colon series, you're going to be super stoked that Yabatanian is in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do we get wrong? (laughs) <laughs> well we gotta squat up real quick uh paul needs help if you ever, you're watching live tw- pr- go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can get it ad free you can be part of the show and request a squad up where usually you guys give us your names you all play video games together paul has a special one today paul wants to squad up irl uh he is at 
at comedy underscore Connell, C-O-N-N-E-L-L. He writes, hello, I recently moved to Glasgow and I literally know nobody. I was wondering if any kind of funny best friends want to add me on Instagram at comedy underscore Connell. Some of you may remember me as the stand-up comedian who did a set on Mark Freeman's 24-hour stream. In order to have some kind of social interaction, I will also be streaming games on my Twitch. Uh, thank you so much if you read this out. I am real lonely. I'm a real lonely boy in a big, bad Scottish city. If you are in the Glasgow area, hit up comedy underscore Connell on the Instagram. And remember, use a now, condom. If they meet up, you know what I mean? Like just if they talk or if they, if they have sexual I mean, just have one on you at all times. But you don't keep it in your prepared. wallet, right? That'll dry it out and destroy it. But I mean, maybe get a little case. You know what I but mean? But I mean, what if they, I mean, like. I'm just saying, that's the Nick I don't, I, I don't know if sense. Comedy Connell is looking for like a sexual partner. You don't know maybe. if he isn't though, what I mean. That's a great I'm point. I'm just saying, be prepared. Maybe you find love out there. It's happening. Well, that's before. just good advice for anybody on any anything. That doesn't have anything to do with the, the Paul request. You know what I mean? You should always be prepared to find love, everybody. Kev, I'm giving you a star for that. Yeah, you are. Damn it. Damn it. Super Mario 69 in the chat says, don't forget to bring a dental dam. <laughs> you know, basically, be ready. Be ready. I, I, when, I travel, <laughs> when I travel, I have an Astro bag for my, you know, laptop and my PlayStation and everything else. Uh, apparently, today's uh, takeaway from Kind of Funny Games Daily is to just have a bag just be ready for all anything for sex. sex stuff. Have lubes in there, uh-huh. have all sorts of things, handcuffs. Like, you just, because in Kevin Coelho's world, at any point, any interaction. I'm just saying, if you're going to meet someone, escapade. it could go very well. You know what I mean? And just you got to be prepared. Also, maybe bring a shiv. It could go badly. But now, see, not. <sighs> I'm just saying, you got to be ready for all the extremes. Keep them in separate pockets. Kind of funny games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screwed up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later. Alex Martinez says, not a correction, but a new story I haven't seen anywhere this week is that uh, though now listed in the initial crunch launch apps, Crunchyroll says their app will be available on PlayStation 5. I thought maybe I'm thinking of PS I Love You, but that has come up somewhere on a show I've been a part we, of. We talked about it. Uh, okay. When we did that app rundown of all the entertainment stuff coming to PS5 day one, uh, Montezuma uh, writes in. It says uh, Wallachia is a place with correlation to Dracula stories, including mm-hmm. Castlevania's anime on Netflix. Okay, and then it. Nanobiologist says that I missed a date when I did, in fact, not miss the fucking date. Nano, listen to the end of the segment. That is oh. the new dates. Nano, <laughs> oh. God. I mean it's an extra large show and you want to come in and do this stuff oh and I hear he's terrible at Among Us ladies and gentlemen beat the shit out of him last night (laughs) this has been kind of funny games daily each and every week to end a variety of platforms we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about if you like that be part of the show patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can ask questions you can do all the other stuff you can do the thing Uh, remember on patreon.com Patreon.com. Patreon.com. Thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> and you can also get the show ad-free. You can do it with the post show we're about to do. Uh, if not, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games as we record it. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games later. And of course, podcast services around the globe. Uh, tomorrow is me and Blessing closing out October, aka mm-hmm. Donktober. Mm-hmm. But, but until next time, no. We got a post show to do. It's been our pleasure to serve you.